Welcome to Talking Business Now. I'm your host, Kelly Scanlon. Thank you for joining us. Our guest today is Amanda Brinkman. She's a revolutionary brand marketer, a passionate speaker, and the creator, producer, and co-host of the acclaimed Small Business Revolution Main Street series, which you can find on Hulu and smallbusinessrevolution.org. Amanda started her career at top ad agencies, and she worked on campaigns for brands such as Virgin Mobile, Reebok, Colgate, Palmolive, H&R Block, and her favorite client of all time, BMW, where she did breakthrough work on BMW films. She then began carving out a niche as an entrepreneur, cultivating creativity from the inside out at General Mills, Alliance, and United Health Group, before taking her current role at Deluxe Corporation as Chief Brand and Communications Officer. At Deluxe, she has created Small Business Revolution Main Street. Through the show, each year, one small town and its small businesses get a half-million-dollar revival, and the series showcases the transformation. Amanda also serves on the boards of the Children's Cancer Research Fund, Make-A-Wish, the Children's Theater Company, the Ordway, the Women's Business Development Center Chicago, and the Association of National Advertisers. She's a trusted media source and a sought-after speaker, sharing her belief that all brands can do well by doing good when they go beyond brand purpose and take meaningful brand action. Now, interestingly, Amanda almost didn't go into marketing because she wasn't sure she could fulfill her desire to do good, but she was encouraged otherwise. Way back in high school, I was talking to one of my teachers about, you know, they ask you the standard question, what do you want to do when you grow up? And uh, I remember saying, well, I want to go into film and advertising, but I feel like I won't have the opportunity to put goodness out in the world. You know, maybe I should join the Peace Corps or become a teacher. And I remember he said, but Amanda, if people who want to do goodness don't go into marketing, how will the industry ever get better? And here's Amanda on a fundamental question that businesses must ask themselves in order to establish brand purpose. First and foremost, I tell people to think about what the world would be missing if you weren't in business. And it has to be that heavy. We'll start talking business now with Amanda Brinkman right after this message from our sponsor, Interobank Solutions. Would you like to position your company as an industry thought leader, increase engagement, and build credibility with prospects and clients? Establish your influence as a trusted resource? Interobang Solutions offers full-service writing and publishing solutions that deliver your company's messages with a bang. You can count on us to provide turnkey solutions that support your existing marketing and communication staff or act as your full-service outsourced partner. Interobang Solutions, providing custom writing, editing, and publishing solutions. Call 913-676-7272 or visit www.interobanksolutions.com. That's 913-676-7272 or www.interobanksolutions.com.
We're talking business now with Amanda Brinkman, the Chief Brand and Communications Officer of Deluxe Corporation and the co-creator of Small Business Revolution Main Street. Amanda was with us a few months ago to give us a sneak peek of what we'd see on the third season of Small Business Revolution. But what some of you may not know is that Amanda has quite a career journey of her own, including some entrepreneurial twists and turns, or as she might like to say, intrapreneurial, because she has taken her passion and enthusiasm for small businesses and and applied that to her own career in her corporate roles. So in this episode of Talking Business Now, Amanda will be telling us about her career and what stokes her enthusiasm for small business. Welcome, Amanda. It's great to have you back again. Thank you so much for having me. It's our pleasure. As I mentioned, you know, since joining Deluxe, you've built a hugely successful program with the Small Business Revolution. It's in its third season, and it's going great. But you had a diverse set of experience before you launched that program in 2015. So how did those experiences influence your approach to marketing and prepare you for taking on your current role with Deluxe Corporation? Well, you know, I, I have to say I have uh, spent my entire career trying to figure out how you bring more goodness to marketing. Um, from the very beginning of my career, I remember I, I was always so attracted to, even when I was trying to decide what career to go into, I remember I was very attracted to marketing and advertising and films, that production end of things. But I remember feeling like, you know, I was really, I was raised, you know, to really give back and to volunteer and to give up your time and make people's lives better. And I remember feeling conflicted that I wouldn't have the opportunity to do that if I, if I went into marketing and advertising. But I remember I was uh, actually way back in high school, I was talking to one of my teachers about, you know, they ask you the standard question, what do you want to do when you grow up? And uh, I remember saying, well, I, I want to go into film and advertising, but I feel like I won't have the opportunity to put goodness out in the world. You know, maybe I should join the Peace Corps or become a teacher. And I remember he said, but Amanda, if people who want to do goodness don't go into marketing, how will the industry ever get better? And I remember just that one comment really changed the way I thought about it. And so I did go into marketing advertising. I, I you know, majored in that in college and did internships while I was in college and, and fresh out of college in, in the field and just gained all this great experience. And I remember very early in my career, I was sitting in a conference room and we were talking about the launch for one of our major uh, clients. I was working at one of the top ad agencies in the country and for uh, one of the top brands, the amount of money we were talking about spending to launch one product for this company, and we were just, you know, one conference room at one agency for one brand, made me realize, you know, what are we collectively spending on advertising and marketing, you know, as a, as a global marketing community? And what could happen if we were spending that money on, on something other than talking about ourselves? And I just remember being so struck by how much money we were talking about and what kind of an impact that could make if that was focused on something greater than, again, just advertising at people. And so that really changed my perspective. And I and, and coming into my entire career wanting to kind of advocate for goodness, it, it really um, uh, fueled my fire to try and find opportunities with brands to, you know, certainly get your company and your brand in front of people, but to do good for the very community you serve. So... I recently gave a TEDx topic on this, on this very concept of, you know, how can a company do well by doing good? I mean, we so often think about kind of for-profit and non-profit as two very separate things, but 
but how can you think about what your company could be doing to advocate for your customer base and doing good for them on your way to reaching those customers and in conjunction with reaching them? And what a better way to reach those customers, actually, than just interrupting what they want to be doing by advertising at them. Yes. And you found, it seems like, by all appearances, the perfect match with Deluxe and the Small Business Revolution. It is a program that actually helps the small business community. So so tell us about how, when you joined Deluxe and the company was in need of this major brand transformation, first of all, why did you want to tackle that challenge? And second of all, how did the Main Street Revolution play a role in that? When I joined Deluxe, you know, we're a hundred-year-old brand and we're known for kind of a, a legacy product that's in decline. We're, we're known for checks. We, we invented the personal checkbook. We've been the leaders in uh, checks uh, for over a hundred years now. Um, but everybody kind of only knew us for that. And really over the years, we had been evolving right alongside our customers. I mean, we've actually been in the business of helping small businesses and financial institutions, you know, be successful for over a hundred years. And we have been helping small businesses with their operate, their business side of things, so checks and forms and things like that, the way they get paid and pay people. But we had started to also offer them opportunities to grow their business by helping them with their marketing piece. Um, in working with small business all these years, we noticed that they were really struggling with that side of it. You know, the advent of the internet leveled the playing field for small businesses. It means you can show up big online, which is fantastic, but it also means that it's expected of you. It's accessible to businesses of all sizes now, but it's also expected. You know, everybody expects to be able to go into a search engine and type coffee shop near me or shoe repair in Blaine, Minnesota, and that businesses will pop up. But yet most people who run a coffee shop or are a cobbler or a shoe repair shop didn't start those businesses because they couldn't wait to manage their website or figure out SEO, search engine optimization, or manage their social media. Yeah, if you're a retailer, you have to deliver like Amazon does. Oh, you know, yeah. you have to have the same ease of checkout and everything, but you might not have the budget for that. So point well taken. Yeah, so so Deluxe had gotten into this, you know, um, before I had joined the company, but nobody really knew us for that. Either they hadn't heard of Deluxe or they didn't think of Deluxe as, you know, someone who helps small businesses with their marketing. And so when I joined, and the reason I joined is because I love small businesses, I love shopping local, and I was so proud to join a company that's entire focus was helping those small businesses with things that don't come naturally to them so that they can get back to doing what they love. Um, and so, uh, you know, as I joined the company and as I was spending time with some of our customers, I was just so moved by the stories, you know, why that small business started, why that restaurant owner you know, what's challenging about running the restaurant, what they love about running the restaurant. Um, and as I was hearing these stories, I was like, I got to bring back everyone I know to eat here. Or if I was at a retail shop and I was hearing about how she left corporate America to start the shop <laughs> that she's always dreamed of, I'm like, I got to do all my Christmas shopping. Like when you hear a small business owner's story, you, you want to support them when you put a face to a business that's more impactful. And so um, that's when I, uh, launched the, the Small Business Revolution for Deluxe. Um, and the concept was that we would go across the country and tell the stories of 100 small businesses within our 100th year. So we were celebrating our centennial year. And we thought, instead of talking about ourselves, let's turn the spotlight and talk about these great small businesses across the country. And let's create a movement. Um, we felt like if we, uh, you know, told these stories and inspired people to support small businesses, that that would do great for things for the small business community, 
it would get the name Deluxe out there and make sure that people associated with small businesses. But on our way to doing that, we would be doing good for the small business community. Absolutely. Yeah. So 100 small businesses for your 100th year. And how has that concept evolved since you introduced it? Well, so as we're going across the country, um, one of the things that we noticed is that nowhere are small businesses more vital to their communities and their neighborhoods, but and nowhere are they struggling more than in our small towns. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, anyone who's from a small town, any of your listeners who uh, either live in a small town or their parents are from a small town, they can attest, they could probably think of a business right now that, you know, uh, is having to close or recently closed because they just couldn't compete with maybe a big box retailer moving in on the edge of town or online competition or you know, the main street being rerouted, um, you know, around the downtown. And so, you know, in that first year, we had such great momentum. It truly did become a movement. Um, more and more small businesses were joining us and more and more people were sharing their stories of small businesses. It was really exciting. So we said, we got to keep this going, but let's take it a step further and let's actually go into these communities and help these small businesses. Let's tell their stories uh, because we believe that that, that inspiration is, is driving more business to small businesses. But let's, you know, let's go in and actually help them with the things we know how to do. We noticed that they were struggling with the marketing just like our clients do. And so um, we thought, you know, let's, and then let's film these, let's film this help and, and turn it into a show. Um, we had been telling these stories through films and many documentaries. And so storytelling visually was already part of the small business revolution platform. So let's take that storytelling a step further and turn it into a show. Uh, and so now it's a show. Um, each season, we're in our, we're about to um, select the town to be chosen for season four. Um, but uh, we have completed three seasons so far. And the concept is that uh, each season we ask people to nominate their favorite small town. And then Deluxe will invest half a million dollars in revitalizing uh, the winning town's main street by working with their small businesses. Um, and so each episode is about a different small business and, uh, you see us helping the small business. You hear their story. You hear how important they are to the community. It's kind of one part education, one part affirmation and, uh, hopefully one part entertainment. Oh, yes. And, and it does, I think it accomplishes all of those. And this is available on Hulu, correct? Yes. Yeah. It streams on Hulu or for those who don't have Hulu, you can watch it on our website, which is smallbusinessrevolution.org. And uh, they're both great viewing experiences, but we love when people go to smallbusinessrevolution.org to watch it because right below each of the episodes, we go deeper than what you're able to do within the episode of a show. So if you're a small business, you can learn more about why we recommend these particular changes to a website or why we told them to look at their inventory that way. So there's a lot of case studies and rich resources mm-hmm. um, if someone wants to go deeper after watching one of the episodes that you can find right there underneath the episode tray on the website. Sure. So you're not only helping the small businesses that you are featuring on the show, you're helping other small businesses who do take the time to venture over to your website and dig into those resources that you just mentioned. You know, you've been doing the show long enough now that you've been able to probably see uh, some progress over the years or some results over the years, rather than just the immediate ones uh, while you're filming, but, you know, some lasting ones. Uh, What have you seen? What are some of your favorite outcomes from doing the first couple of seasons? What I love about this show and this movement is the ripple effect. Um, and, and, you know, towns and businesses don't need to be featured in a show in order to kind of implement 
some of this great momentum that you see the show bringing. It's really just about rallying around your small businesses and supporting them. And we are trying to, you know, inspire other towns to do that. One of my favorite ripple effects is for actually from season one. Um, uh, season one was in Wabash, Indiana. And Wabash, Indiana is about two hours from any uh, uh, large metro area in Indiana. It's in the middle of Cornfield, truly what you picture when you picture a Midwest small town. And uh, one of the businesses that we worked with um, was Ellen's Dress and Bridal, ran by this um, amazing woman named Lisa. And when we started working with her, um, she uh, had been in business for three years. When we started working with her, she had yet to pay herself in those three years. She hadn't taken a paycheck yet from the business, and she was over $100,000 in debt. And part of that debt came from the purchase minimums that uh, a bridal shop, which is the business that she ran, um, that bridal shops were under. So in order to carry a certain designer line, uh, you had to buy a certain number of dresses and, and, and pre-invest in inventory in order to even carry and offer that line to your customers. Well, these were the same purchase minimums that your major bridal stores in large metro areas were under. And here she's serving a town of about 10,000 people where there's only going to be so many weddings per year. Right. And so that seemed off to us that they would be the same purchase minimums. Um, and we felt like it should be more based on, you know, revenue and market opportunity for the, the size of business. And so we encouraged her just to ask that question. And no one had really done that, just gone challenged back to the dress it, yeah. manufacturer and challenged it. And she did. And they, these dress manufacturers have responded and they not only love her episode and love her and have used her as a, a great case study, and her episode is a great case study for other small town bridal retailers, but they have changed the purchase minimums, mm-hmm. which is now affecting bridal shops across the country. And so, and, and, uh, Lisa is now paying herself. Um, she is far exceeding her goals. She has become kind of this voice for the small town bridal shop, advocating for her peers across the country in really cool forums and national conferences. And again, in these relationships and conversations with these, um, major dress manufacturers. And it's just been so fun to see, you know, we, we knew that we could make an impact for Lisa. We knew we could make an impact for Wabash, but to hear, what this kind of a change has made for, you know, uh, small town uh, bridal shops across the country is just very rewarding for my team and I. Yeah, what a great example. Let's talk again about the doing well by doing good concept. You have figured out a way to do that within Deluxe. It's been a passion of yours since you were a kid, and and you've managed to now uh, live that every day in your corporate life too. But how can other brands even get started doing that? They might have their you know their heads down, nose to the grindstone, thinking, "I love the sound of that," but man, I don't even have time to think about it. So, what would you suggest to other? brands to small businesses or to other you know business executives who are maybe in larger companies how can they even get their arms around that first and foremost i tell people to think about what the world would be missing if you weren't in business Mm. and it has to be that heavy i mean there's a number of coffee shops and there's a number of retailers everywhere you look there's competitors to your business but what would the world be missing if your business wasn't in business what is the purpose or the problem that you're solving or the change you're making for your customers and in their lives and truly define that brand purpose? And within the marketing community, there's a, the, the word brand purpose, so that term is becoming very popular. And I'm actually kind of getting a little tired of it because a lot of times brands and companies will stop just there. They'll, they'll define a brand purpose. And if you don't do anything with it, 
then it's just another word for a mission statement that's the more catchy marketing mm-hmm. term right now. What I'm advocating for is real brand action. So in our case, we're actually going out and these dollars that we invest in these towns and in these businesses, these are our ad dollars at play. This wasn't incremental funding, certainly not philanthropy. These are working dollars that another company would have used for advertising, but we're using to actually help our customers um, our, and our customer base, the kinds of customers we serve. So figure out what is that unique brand action that your company can take. It might be advocacy. You know, it might be uh, raising awareness. It might be supporting a cause that's really important. It might be starting a conversation around something that your customer base struggles with. Um, it, it could be a lot of different things, but it's about thinking about how you can really turn that brand purpose into a unique brand action and actually do something. Um, and then I think another thing that you have to really think about is to not put the wrong kinds of measurements on this kind of an effort. It'll yes. be very tempting as a company to say, well, okay, we did this. We, we defined our brand purpose. We're doing this brand action. Now, how is that translating into sales? Where are our sales? Can we see our sales now? And you, of course, anything you spend money on, you want to, we want to feel it, that there is a correlation and it's moving your business forward, but you have to give ideas like time to breathe. And you have to recognize that these kinds of efforts that, that we're talking about are about raising that awareness and changing perceptions of your company. And there's all these other things you still have to do to sell things. Your product still has to be competitive. Your pricing still has to be competitive. You still have to, or, or at least you've identified the value and the reason, the rationale for your pricing. Your customer experience still has to be smooth. There's, you know, brand purpose and brand action can only do so much. You still have to be competing on those, on those other pieces as well. Right. Yeah. And, you know, when you figure those things out, especially that brand purpose, and you share it with your associates, your employees, it has an even uh, bigger payoff. You talked about they want to know what the sales are immediately, what the return is on uh, in terms of sales. But sometimes the ROI is also internal because if you've established that brand purpose, they uh, your retention rates are higher, your productivity is higher because people feel like there's a reason for them to come to work. So we can't forget about those kinds of benefits either. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. No, you, your employees want to feel like they're working in a company with heart and, and that is tangible. And I and employees hold the control now, right? We're, we're in this gig economy where people don't think about their career the same way anymore. People want to spend time on the things that they think are of value. And that doesn't mean that we're all going to volunteer 24 seven, but if you can work at a company that you feel like what the product and service that you do and the way in which you deliver it and the way you treat your customers is with kindness and, and, and it honors them, well, then it's a win-win. You're, you know, working for a company that's going to make a difference in their customers' lives and is giving your customers something that they need. Absolutely. If someone would like to find out more about you, what is your website? Because you've got a personal website too. I do. So my website is amandakbrinkman.com. Um, so amandakbrinkman.com. And all my social handles are the same. So at amandakbrinkman. And I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and I have a public Facebook page that I'd love for people to like and follow along. I post a lot about small business tips and life on the road and what we're learning as we're traveling across the country, um, not only for the show, but as you know, people who are meeting fascinating uh, Americans across the country. Yeah, and make sure you get the K, the letter K in there, Amanda K. Brinkman, because if you don't, you will get a blank page. (laughs) I found that out the hard way. (laughs) AmandaKBrinkman.com. Again, it's been wonderful having you to share your insights today. Thanks so much. 
Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us on Talking Business Now. We appreciate the support of our sponsor, Interobank Solutions, providing writing, editing, and publishing services. Give them a call at 913-676-7272 or visit interobanksolutions.com. And thank you for tuning in today. Please be sure to join us for the next episode of Talking Business Now. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.